When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is July 31st, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball. I know it's August coming. I know you have that other sport that people focus on. Not us. I will be here through the end for you to help out and make sure that you win your fantasy league. So make sure you get PL Plus uh, to join our Discord where you will not get any better advice for what you need um, in the moment that you need it. Uh, so PL Plus is as low as $8 a month if you sign up for yearly. Go to the site of pitchless.com slash premium. It's the best way to support what we do. We also have PL Pro, which would include, if you get yearly, all of our amazing pre-draft tools, including our live draft assistant. Um, and you should be definitely checking that out. Of course, powered by PLV Projections. And we have a 2.0 version coming out uh, in the spring next year, which we are so, so excited about. All right. Yesterday's games, Luis Medina, 5.1 innings, two earned runs, six hits, zero walks, and six strikeouts, 16 with 27% CSW. He did this in cores. What? This is the fourth straight game. The Luis Medina has done great things with his breaking ball. Really a third out of four with his slider and curve got involved in that second one. But this was 12 of 30 whiffs on that slider. 47% CSW. He's throwing it 30% or sorry, 30 times, I should say, across the 91 pitches, which is closer to about 35% or 40% usage. You love to see us. He's around 5% rostered in leagues. Go for Medina. This is exactly exactly the kind of guy that people in focus on other things, do not go after in July and August because they see the whole season. They don't really think it's that believable. This is believable because there's an actual change in his breaking balls. Wonderful start lined up uh, against the Giants offense in Oakland this week. I'm all for that one for Luis Medina. And this is the kind of stuff that can actually turn the tide for your leagues this late in the year for those who pay attention. Aaron Savali, speaking of paying attention, sometimes I pay too close attention. As he went against the White Sox, went six innings, zero and runs, three hits, two walks, four Ks. Why am I saying that? Because he was down over four ticks two starts ago. And I was saying, look, I know he has a two-step this week against the Royals and the White Sox. I just don't want to do that because I feel like, A, he's injured. B, it's just so rare for a guy to go down four ticks and then be fine. And what does he do? He throws eight innings against the Royals of Dominance, down two ticks on his velocity. And then this one, of course, six innings shutout. Just at normal velocity. Huge, huge, huge props to Aaron Zavalli for figuring that out. Uh, I'm surprised. I apologize to all who went with my gut there. And uh, it's how it goes. It's a very rare thing to see that jump back to velocity so drastically. Um, But it's good to see it. And I will say, last year this time, Aaron Zavalli, I was shouting at him. Just saying, please, please, please go two-thirds cutters and curves. Stop throwing these sinkers and four-seamers. Just lean in on those. And that's just what we've seen the entire year. He did that again here. That is everything I want from Savali. It's great. He's a Toby, though. Those were really good matchups. Do not overextend throwing Aaron Savali. Steven Matz against the Cubs did really well. Sinkers are going up. Changeups are going down. 
It's really good. He gets Rocky Road. I'm still in on Steven Matz with six shutout frames. Only two strikeouts. I understand. He needs to get under the zone more with a curveball and maybe a little bit out of the zone up with the sinker, but he's throwing tons of strikes and they're working and it's it's all good. Ace is going to ace for Luis Castillo. Ace is going to ace for Blake Snell with four walks and nine strikeouts. He really did do the Blake Snell blueprint, actually, which is great. The four-seamer was not all of a sudden super wild. And I honestly feel like he threw enough strikes not to justify the four walks. He just lost some batters way better than those four walks would tell you. Not the equivalent of the other walks that we saw from previous starts. Graham Ashcraft did really well against the Dodgers, and uh, I don't believe it still. He gets the gold star because I feel like this is just weirder. While I understand the track record of Medina could suggest that one against the Rockies, even though I was more against it with the lower floor. Um, but six innings of shutout ball with only two strikeouts. Two out of 31 slider whiffs. And he chucks, you know, cutters into the zone and hopes for the best. Um, it's just not a thing that I feel is sustainable for Ashcraft. I know people are going to be like, oh, well, the stuff seems really good. And like, it's just, this does not work out. And what happened before that massive low floor we saw of Ashcraft is, yeah, that's going to stick around again. Christopher Sanchez, if he's still available in your leagues, I would heavily recommend getting him as he gets the Royals and Nationals next. Just took down the Pirates with zero and runs and five hits and zero hits and two walks. He did hit three batters. But uh, when you're hot, you're hot. And only three whiffs, but high CSW, 30%. So, yeah, you just keep going. But Christopher Sanchez is a really good changeup and sinkers that get outs. Um, slider sometimes helps, too. Ty Blach against the Athletics. I uh, got the win, five innings and zero runs inside of Coors. Uh, great, but yeah, no. No, he has a, he had a 5.51 ERA and a 171 whip entering today. So so okay. Um, Scott Alexander opened for Ross Stripling with 4.1 innings of one earned ball in relief, 47% CSW on the slider, just two whiffs, but a lot of called strikes. He got through a lot of uh, strikes with it. Changeups to get some outs, and it was a 13% CSW though, and it's not the old changeup. And I still am not in on Ross Stripling. Ryan Yarbrough did well as the Friday Pirate. Uh, went seven innings of one earned run, seven hits, zero walks, five Ks against the Twins. Fourth start of exactly one earned run in five games. And all of those five games were at least 5.2 innings. Uh, three of those good four starts were six innings or more. I don't think he's uh, worth the start, the pickup because it was against like the Guardians and the White Sox and Oakland. And now he gets the Phillies. And I feel like it's just a nice little run for Ryan Yarbrough and not one that I would imagine would stick around. Tyler Anderson against the Blue Jays did not really have his best changeup, uh, sub 50% strike rate on it, which is really shocking. It did earn outs, but just had 11% CSW with that low strike rate, and that doesn't really seem believable to me, even though it was against the Jays. It was two strikeouts, eight base runners, and 6.1 innings. I just don't think this is the thing I want to go for. He could possibly repeat it against the Mariners, as it was down, right? It wasn't just floated changeups, just a little more down than we generally want. He did still earn outs on it. Um, and that could work much better against the Mariners ended here in the Jays, even though he went one and run. It was just two Ks and six whiffs. So I'm not completely out on Tyler Anderson, but I just don't really think that you throw this again and you'll have the same results against the Jays. On the other side of that was Jose Barrios against the against the Angels. Yeah, six innings, one and run, six hits, two walks, and six Ks, 17 whiffs. And the four seamer is interesting because when he had those first two bad starts in the beginning of the year and then shifted, it was going away from the four seamer and focusing on sinkers and curves a lot more. With that change, him four seamers are just kind of saved. This was a four seamer coming alive with eight whiffs, and he's really introduced it more over the last month. Maybe there is something there. I do feel like it's playing with fire, but if it works, it works. And he goes against the Red Sox next, and hopefully, whatever he does is productive. I feel like we're at a point with Jose Brios, so there's no reason not to start him. Uh, Justin Verlander against the Nationals, 5.1 innings of one earned run, five hits, one walk, and five strikeouts. I do wonder, of course, is he going to continue being a Met? We will find out. I uh, and 
I don't know. I would imagine the Mets should sell, but at the same time, you could say that, no, they're playing for next year. And the Scherzer thing was like, yeah, I don't believe in this team for next year. Not to mention Scherzer is degrading a bit, and I wouldn't be too surprised if he does worse next season. Um, and Verlander, of course, has done better ratio-wise than Scherzer this year, which is actually kind of surprising to me that teams valued value Verlander higher than Scherzer because I kind of think that Scherzer is just still better. All I'm trying to say is they believe in Verlander for next year. If the Mets do believe that, they're not just completely giving up on 2024, too, for a full rebuild. So I understand why they would hold on to Verlander. I kind of hope as a Met fan that they just sell Verlander and get something really good as well and just kind of readjust when it comes to free agent pitchers for the offseason. Um, but I uh, we'll see. Regardless, with Verlander, we just keep doing... You know, we just keep starting him. He didn't actually pitch well, in my view, against the Nationals here as everything was kind of just all over the place. But glad it worked out for him. Um, we have a lot of other starters to talk about, of course, from yesterday's games and today and tomorrow's starters. And we're going to talk about all of those after this break. This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? Then you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy com or underdog fantasy in the app store sign up with promo code pitcher list and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 must be 18 year older 19 year older in Alabama and Nebraska 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concerned with your play call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org in Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in New York call 1-877-8 Hope and why in Tennessee call 1-800-889-9789. Cody Bradford went three innings uh, for the Rangers as Evaldi was sent to the IL. Uh, so we we're not going to see him as he should return. That is Evaldi. We're going to also see Scherzer and Jordan Montgomery inside the rotation. There's no way that uh, Cody Bradford sticks around here. He's just the backup. Uh, Nick Pavetta did not start yesterday, starting today. So whatever for the Red Sox against the Giants. Rich Hill did well against the Phillies, and that's good for him, but we are not going to chase that moving forward. Zach Little did f- two earned runs over five innings against the Astros, and that's great, but he kind of does the Blake Snell blueprint, and I just don't think that this, there's enough here to go after this. I would imagine the Rays are going to chase someone to fill out that rotation or get a little bit more depth before the deadline is over. Uh, Kenta Maeda, Maeda against the Royals was two ticks up, which is kind of cool, but it's still 92.3. It's just not 90.3. Um, and uh, it wasn't his best commanded game. I've seen better command from him. He actually allowed a hit on each of his different pitches. That is his four-seamer, his sinker, his uh, slider, and his splitter. And they all came in YM lock. That is like waist high or belt high, which is, there you go. That's why you don't want that. Um, generally not trying to do that. But yeah, he's been a 2.63 ERA with a about 110 whip and 34% strike rate across his last seven starts since returning from the IL. Yeah, cut to my head, you're dope. I know those are Royals, but still you're dope. Uh, Kyle Hendricks against the Cardinals, seven innings, three and runs, eight hits, one walk, two Ks. I know that was very fast, but it's pretty much me saying, yeah, Kyle Hendricks is doing the same thing with the changeup and the sinker, and the curveball's never going to come back, and whatever. Uh, he's still good and should be a Toby for your teams. Uh, Michael Kopech's at 93.1, and we were scared at 95 last time, and that's even worse, and just stop starting Michael Kopech. Also, throw in the lower velocity with higher walks. It just kind of showcases that he's very much not himself. 
Uh, Merrill Kelly, disappointing start against the Mariners. He was on the inside and outside edge um, in his previous start, and this one was a lot more just kind of centralized and not a good way. Uh, I still feel like he's going to be good against the Twins. This just wasn't the best outing for him. AJ Smith-Shaver returned uh, to face the Brewers and is doing nothing that really showcases an amazing ceiling that makes me think like I want to chase him in 12-teamers at the moment. That could change next time. It could be one of those like debut starts, but right now I feel like, yeah, not really the thing I want to chase. Uh, Brandon Bilak against the Rays. I mean, he'll be on the list, for example, Smith-Shaver, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe not. I don't actually know if he's going to stick around. Maybe the... Maybe Atlanta acquires another starter. Plus, there's also Max Free coming back. So you have Strider, you have Morden, you have Freed, you have um, if there's another starter that shows up, and I'm sure there's one other that I'm completely forgetting uh, in Atlanta's rotation. Bryce Elder, for example. I feel like those are going to be more uh, focused upon than Smith Shaver, but we'll see. Um, Brandon Bilak against the Rays. Uh, you, yeah, this is not really the thing that we want to see. I want to see the changeup being much better. Uh, I don't think the slider curve and heaters are enough to really um, support him, but he's a desperate streaming option. Uh, Dean Kramer didn't do well against the Yankees, as the Yankees really made him work 90 pitches in four innings. I know it was 18 strikeouts in the night. There's a quote going around about Boone being like, I think they had good at-bats, and though they struck out 18 times. He's not wrong about like getting deep into counts against Kramer um, and making him work more. But yeah, you can't really say that when there's 18 strikeouts. Uh, if it weren't for that, I mean, yeah, okay, fine. But anyway, Dean Kramer, uh, I think that he actually pitched better than this line suggested, and he did do a good job of getting those cutters down, which is very important. His four-seamer wasn't as elevated as much, though, and it was kind of interesting seeing him pitch a little bit scared. That's not what I mean of, like, actually his mental ability, but he wasn't attacking as much as I think you should be when you're given, like, a 7 nothing lead. Um, Jesus Lazardo against the Tigers and Tarek Skubal on the other side of it were both disappointing foreign runs each. They both allowed it in a single inning, and I think we just kind of ignore it and move on, and that's fine. Uh, Colin Ray did really well against Atlanta. Uh, five innings, five earned runs. Nick, what are you talking about? Five hits, two walks. But eight strikeouts, a golden, sorry, almost a golden goal with a King Cole here. He had 18 whiffs and 38% CSW. And why am I uh, so interested in Colin Ray now? Well, it's because he threw a harder sweeper that returned 62% CSW. He spotted this pitch down in glove side, like incredibly well. He threw 21 of them, 26% usage, the highest usage I've seen from Colin Ray on that pitch all year. So he had twice above a 20% usage. And last time he did it was May 6th. That feels like a change to me, and seeing those that kind of results, I know I understand the five-run runs and all, makes me think that Colin Ray is going to try and do this again. Now, I see guys with a new skill in one start, and it does not mean they have it now. But at least now I have, you know, he has my attention, right? He has my curiosity, and maybe the attention's next, but, like, I am okay. Uh, he gets the Pirates next, and this might be one of those things, like, you can't just wait. You got to act now. And I kind of get that. In 15-teamers, I'm going for it against the Pirates with Colin Ray because of this skill. And maybe it's not there, but the floor isn't so bad against the Pirates. In 12-teamers, I don't know if I need to, but there's a part of me that's just like, look, if you got nothing, what the heck? See what happens there. There could be something to it. Um, I don't like the fact that the cutter and the sinker were on the wrong side. That is, if you're a right-hander, you want sinkers to be arm side if you're and, and you want cutters glove side, and they were reversed. That was backdoor sinkers. And then, I mean, it was really backdoor cutters to lefties, but I want to see the cutter inside to lefties, and I want down away to righties. You know what I mean? So that's kind of strange. 
but it was more so for how he wanted to attack lefties and okay front hip sinkers and backdoor cutters fine but at least the four seamers were upstairs and I uh, seen that sweeper Ooh, that's an interesting interesting thing about Conway yeah you didn't expect that did you uh Trevor Williams never Trevor Luis Severino seven earned runs in the first inning that did him in it was it was a lot of singles and then doubles and then a home run and yeah I can't justify Severino at all. I mean, he's a clear do not start moving forward. I had him in questionable, and I hated all the questionable ones, and I shouldn't have. I should have had him in do not start. I regret that one. Even seeing I was like, I am putting too much faith in, like, he's just going to click in. Uh, I've, been, I've been saying for a bit that we drop Severino, but I also do recognize there might be a point where he just comes back like a tiara. Obviously, it wasn't yesterday, um, and we are just going to not take the chance that it is going to. There's no reason to bank on that right now. Meanwhile, Michael Grove, fascinating for a guy who earned a gallows pole at 20 whiffs to allow eight earned runs in 10 hits in six innings, but it was one walk and 10 strikeouts. Yeah, take what you want with that. His slider had a 52% CSW. The curveball had a 44% CSW. He had 14 whiffs on the slider. Uh, the cutter and four seamer was were demolished. The uh, and there were also three hits allowed on uh, two on a curve and one on the slider. So it's possible the Michael Grove, this is kind of exciting for me because I've always just considered him as only slider good and everything else bad. But now that there's a curveball that might also be good. And then he, we say, okay, Michael Grove, especially with more time and being in the Dodger system, maybe you can turn into a Guardians pitcher. And that is being so good with your slider and curveball that you are just constantly getting that one down. And all you have to do is just sneak in those cutters and those four seamers for strikes. Maybe go like the Joe Musgrove route of those cutters and sliders as well. So that is the game plan. That is something that could work now for Michael Grove, which is nice to see. I'm not saying that you should go for it at this moment, but at least we say, look, Michael Grove has a way, a path forward that it could be something more than what this is. Looking forward to today and tomorrow's games. Burns, Glasnow, Kirby, Abbott, very clear auto starts. Probable start tiers, Bassett, Stroman, da-da-da. Charlie Morin, he's the hipster, and Terry Baum against the Angels, I think you'd do it. Same with Alex Cobb against the Dimebacks, where he has a splitter last time. Edward Cabrera should throw enough strikes against the Phillies, that's fine with me. Um, Nick Pivetta against the uh, Mariners. Finally, is he starting? Great. And he also is going against a team that swings out of uh, the zone tons of the time. Hopefully the slider is still there for him. And I have it above Tywin Walker, who I feel like is very Toby-ish. And the Marlins are fine, but they're not... Uh, yeah, they're not the bottom of the barrel, so like that could be fine for Walker. Like If you have him, you do it. Pavetta, I think, is a little bit more of an upside, so I'm going to put him above Walker. Um, in the questionable start tier, uh, we have Domingo Herman against the Rays. I don't love this at all. I don't think that Herman, um, outside being not good off the field, is not that good on the field. When it comes to his uh, changeup and fastball, but the curveball is good, and I the Rays aren't as good as they used to be. But I don't want to do it. That's why it's questionable start here. Same with JP France against the Guardians. They don't strike out much. France is a Toby, and it's just fine. It's not really something I really want to go for. Lugo would be much more encouraged about, but it's cores. Um, Ryan Nelson is our stream pick of the day against the Giants. He's in San Francisco, and the matchup is just so good. I don't love Ryan Nelson's stuff at the moment, though. And I hate that this is my stream pick of the day. I just, this is how it is. Because there's no one else underneath that I'd rather stream, which is Jake Irvin against the Brewers. I think he needs a third pitch and he doesn't have one. And even when he has that 95, 96 mile per hour velocity, the curve isn't necessarily good enough. And then there isn't much else. So I don't really dig that one. Uh, Griffin Canning is cool. 
I love him, but he gets Atlantis and no thank you. And Kyle Gibson, what are you going to get against the Jays? Who knows? And in the do not start tier, no Syndergaard is making his debut for the Guardians. Absolutely not. Um, for the Guardians against the Astros, too. And Austin Gomber is in cores against the Padres. That's a clear bench. Um, and you just, I don't know why you have him on your team in the first place. And tomorrow's starters, you have Spencer Strider, Zach Gallen, Pablo Lopez, Sandy Alcantara, Framber Valdez, Freddy Peralta, and Justin Steele. Pretty obvious stuff here. You can argue that you want Peralta against the Nationals higher than Valdez, who has not been that great over his last five starts. Four of the last five have been clunkers for you. Um, I do think that Valdez had some injury stuff, and he didn't really have his cutter last time. And now I think that he was, he's going to get back on uh, the right path as against the Guardians. But I can see that Peralta's hotness is better, while Alcantara just did so, so well. He was exactly everything we want. And I really think that Alcantara has been pitching at a much higher level the last like three, four starts, too. So I'm much more encouraged against uh, the Phillies than the other three there. Uh, Justin Steele had terrible command last time. It was weird, and I don't buy it uh, for the future. Probable starts here. You have Zach Eflin returning from the knee, and it's annoying because he has knee discomfort that, or it was barking in his last start, and that pulled him. And I imagine the Rays will be a little conservative in some way against the Yankees here. Um, Bryce Miller against the Red Sox. I feel like he's just good enough. They're going to do that. Uh, Carlos Rodon. Some people hate this start. I think it's totally fine. He goes against the Rays, and the Rays are not as good. And Carlos Rodon is just going to get better with more and more starts. I, I, I think that anyone think that they believes otherwise thinks that he's just cooked now after four games, isn't it? That's just silly to me. Uh, Lance Lynn against the Athletics. He's now a Dodger. I don't think they're going to tweak him at all. If they do, it would be very minute of like maybe some approach stuff. But I don't really think that Lance Lynn being a Dodger innately is is better. Uh, maybe the defense, you could say. Maybe the, the fewer chances of home runs. Uh, but I don't really think that we're going to see a drastic change. Nevertheless, he should have been better than as he has been, regardless. And it's athletic, so I think we that's a clear probable start against Oakland. Brian Bayo gets the Mariners. That Yeah, that seems fine. Uh, Jose Quintana is the stream pick of the day against the Royals. This is a very nice stream pick because it's the Royals and the fact that Quintana has his command. That was the biggest worry I had after coming back from the IL, that Quintana wouldn't be able to spot his fastball like he did in 2022. He is. It's just about separation, the changing curveball. And he did that last time in his second start back. I feel really good about this one. Um, Jack Flaherty against the Twins is fine. It's fine. It's like a Toby-ish, I think, really, is what Flaherty is at this point because he's not really showcasing the top tier upside. And he really doesn't have, like, the lowest of low floors and stuff. And the Twins are whatever. Questionable start tier, you have John Gray against the White Sox. This could actually be the start that vaults him back into our, uh, as a, the apple of our eye because his slider was so good last time. It's just about now being precise with the four-seamer. And we've seen over time that John Gray goes up and he goes down and he comes back up eventually. And this is a really nice one against the White Sox where that slider could really cook. So I'm very intrigued about that one. Uh, Gavin Williams against the Astros. I love Gavin Williams' four-seamer. I don't love the command of the secondaries. Uh, the two breaking balls and the Astros are good, so I'm avoiding that one. Same with the rest here. I mean, Aviado against the Tigers seems like a good stream, but you really don't know what you're going to get. Cherry Bomb there. Same with Josiah Gray, who does have an interesting Cannibal McSanchez approach with those high cutters, and maybe that is the solution for Gray, but I want to see more um, track record against the Brewers. Matt Manning has had some success, but we kind of knew to avoid it against the Angels when we allowed 700 runs. However, he did go 95 as opposed or 94.8 as opposed to 93 and get some slider whiffs, but it wasn't well commanded, right? So if he has those skills and then a better location or a better really strike zone plot, I should say, um, against the Pirates, that actually can come through. So it's a very intriguing one, but it can go back to 93 and... I think he's very bad at 93 without that slider also getting those whiffs. And Kyle Bradish against the Jays, if he has his curving slider working, really more so the curve because the slider just generally does work, then this could actually still be good against the Jays, but 
I don't really want to risk that. On the other side of it in the do not start tier is Hunjin Ryu, Hyunjin Ryu, who is returning from Tommy John, and I'm so excited to see that. But yeah, clear still ill here. So pick him up, don't start him, and then we play, take it from there. Ranger Suarez is not fixed yet as he gets the Marlins. Van Levy doesn't have his slider because he gets Cubs. Uh, Patrick Sample hasn't had his slider and change together in one start for ages in his Atlanta. Alex Wood has not been productive. Neither has Ken Waldachuk, and he gets the Diders. Zach Rank is going to do whatever he does. Peter Lambert is in cores. Ryan Weathers is also in cores. And Jesse Schultens is even going to go five innings, and it's the Rangers. So clear do not start there. All right, that is it for today. By the way, if you made it this far and you're a, you are a database engineer who wants to possibly work full-time with us here at PitcherList, what are you doing? Go to pitcherlist.com slash hiring. We have an opening position for you. We want to meet you. We want to work with you. We have some really, really fun projects that we're working on. Um, so go to pitcherlist.com slash hiring. See the job description and we hope to meet you soon. All right, that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock. And may your babbits be low and your strikeouts high.